for all my women out there, I just want you to know that you are a boss. Women have to be at the table for technology and innovation. And if not, we'll simply create our own. Don't feel like you shouldn't be a part of the tech space just because there aren't many women in the room. That's exactly why we need you to be there. Girl, don't forget to rep your set in these tech spaces, AKA rep your culture. You are the face of technology and the face of the future. Hey guys, super quick commercial break. So many of you are starting to launch your own businesses because you have ideas and you have time during the quarantine to develop them and to build them. So this podcast is sponsored by Huawei Technologies, a development firm that helps non-technical founders and business owners develop technology solutions from websites to web applications, mobile apps, and so much more. Send them an email at hello at HuaweiTech.com or fill out their contact form on their website at HuaweiTech.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Women in Tech with Ariana podcast. With me, Ariana, as your favorite host. For those of you, it's your first time tuning in. Welcome to an amazing community of women in tech, where we talk about the latest news in technology, hear stories from women in tech from all around the world, and share tangible resources and tools like access to funding, give away free materials to help you to learn how to code, job opportunities, talk about the latest conferences of the year that you should be attending, and so much more. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave a review in the podcast app. Tell us how we're doing in the app or the website that you're currently using to listen to this episode. Today, guys, we have a special guest, Cheryl Campos. Cheryl is the director at Republic. And Republic is a platform that allows anyone to invest in a startup with as little as $10. Cheryl was also named HBCU VC's 31 Under 31 this year in 2020. Cheryl, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Ariana, for having me. So, Cheryl, let's kind of just jump right in. I always like to ask our guests, like, where are you originally from and currently based? Absolutely. So I'm actually a native New Yorker, born and raised here. And I, so as a brief background, I lived in Paris, Rio, and Cambridge, Massachusetts for four periods of time as well. So, but I'm glad to be back here in New York. That's amazing. So you love to travel. That is awesome. Yes. (laughs) So, Cheryl, let's talk about your background, right? Because you were originally in the finance industry, but you decided to make a transition into Mm -hmm. tech. So let's talk about the career change and how and why you decided to go into tech. Like, what inspired you? Yeah, so, um, yeah, starting my career in investment banking and then private debt and equity, um, I learned that finance really kind of tries to preserve the status quo and kind of... Um, looks at the past and present, whereas I found out that tech really is all about molding the future, and it I wanted to be part of something that would be I would be passionate about and it would help fulfill me, um, so that you know I would wake up every day and you know know that I'm I'm working towards a greater mission. So that's kind of the reason why I joined. And it was an easier transition because I joined a fintech startup, a financial tech startup. And so I was able to leverage, you know, some of the skill sets that I learned from finance and transition into tech, you know, more seamlessly that way. And last but not least, I just know that through tech, you can reach a wider audience with what you're doing. So for us, 
making sure that we are supporting underrepresented founders and, you know, through our platform and really helping them get the capital that they need to thrive is just, you know, something that I think only tech can do. Absolutely. So let's get into your role as a director at Republic. Tell us about how you're interacting with founders currently. You I follow your content on LinkedIn and all of the things that you post. And, you know, you're really passionate about ensuring that founders have access to resources. So can you tell our listeners about what are you doing on the grounds to support founders? Absolutely. So I have over the past year and change at Republic spoken to, I would say, hundreds if not thousands of founders and really have gotten a sense of, you know, what they need, what they don't need. And at the end of the day, it's all about giving them access to these events and opportunities and keeping them in mind when, you know, opportunities happen so that they can best capitalize on them. So I think what you are doing, especially with um, helping people know when where the best events are or what they can do to expose, uh, get exposure for their companies, I think is, is really key. So I, I have a newsletter myself for founders whenever I get all these opportunities in my inbox. <laughs> I like always send them along that that way. I make sure to reach out through a lot of webinars and podcasts like yourself to make sure that people understand you know, that Republic exists especially since our biggest uh, hurdle is education, right? And the fact that we're so new, we're three years old because the law changed, you know, in 2016. So we can talk a little bit about that. But then just overall, whenever a founder reaches out, I always make sure to either respond and let them know, like, you know, how it can best support, whether it's through sending them to our investment team, whether it's um, through maybe connecting with a partner. I like to work with other ecosystem players to, if a founder isn't a good fit for a public, to still make sure that they find a home somewhere else. And so that's just really part of my role is to work with the ecosystem to better support founders overall, whether it's through initiatives that we're doing, webinars, events, and, and the like. Cheryl, tell us about how does the Republic platform work, yeah, right? Mm-hmm talked about briefly said in the beginning how people can invest in a startup with as little as ten dollars but how does that actually happen and what was the law that changed that allowed this you guys to exist exactly so title three of the jobs act was passed in 2016 that finally allowed anyone regardless of wealth or accreditation status to invest in startups because if you in 2008 had the opportunity to invest in Uber and you didn't have a, you weren't an accredited investor. So that means that you did not have a net worth of a million dollars or you didn't have an income of 200K for the past two years, you would not have been able to. And I think it's those types of investments that generate the greatest wealth. And overall, we are all focused on, you know, wealth creation for our communities. And so finally, that's the Jobs Act passed, which allowed for anyone to invest in startups. So the way that Republic works is that, you know, we are an open investment platform. We've helped 140 companies raise over 40 million. So far, we have 500,000 investors that are looking to invest in these startups. And at the end of the day, we are looking for startups that have a great team. They have solid traction. They have some tech around it or products that has a competitive advantage in the fensible moat. And that, you know, especially we we always folk try to focus as well on on reaching underrepresented founders so that, you know, we can support them as well. So the way that the Republic platform works is that a company 
comes to us, we perform due diligence, which takes about a week, just making sure that their their business is sound. We have an investment committee meeting, and if they are good for the for platform, we move on to onboarding. Onboarding takes about three to four weeks, and that's just because you have to make sure there's some like legal paperwork and and kind of financial. Um, cleanup that needs to get done during that time and at the same time we are helping them with their deal deal page and we're also helping them with their campaign marketing so we deploy two thousand dollars in facebook and instagram spend um, so that issuers can determine their their return on advertising spend so there's that and then when the campaign finally goes live you know the campaign itself takes two to three months and so it is a, a, it's a longer time frame but if a company does this concurrently with a private raise, then it actually kind of works out uh, timing wise. So what you're seeing on the platform right now, if you go to republic.co is about 30 to 50 deals live at any given time. And so all of those companies have gone through a process that I just mentioned. So they are, they are vetted, they have onboarded and, you know, they have done all the paperwork necessary for them to legally raise on Republic. Yeah. So that's kind of, I'll stop there. I feel like I explained <laughs> a lot of that. No, that's good. So you've mentioned something that stood out. You said that, you know, there's the application process, of course, that typically takes, I think you said about three to four, two to four weeks or something like that. They apply and then the diligence process, you know, basically takes a week. And then the onboarding process takes three to four weeks once they've gone through the diligence. Gotcha. Perfect. So the onboarding process. But you mentioned that there's about $10,000 that is spent is that towards the company for their campaign on social media ads? That's what, so you guys are oh, like, I said $2,000. So oh, I'm not, okay. I mean, even, I mean, 2000, I mean, that's still, that's a significant amount of money for, especially early stage startups, you know, who are small teams, they're really looking to push themselves. So I didn't even know that about you guys that you, you know, are also supporting them on that marketing piece. I mean, that's a big deal. That, yeah, exactly. We try to support them through marketing as much as we can because that's also part of the reason that that companies come to us is a marketing piece is that they want to not only fundraise, but they also want to engage current customers, reward their early backers or uh, founders or sorry, or customers and, you know, kind of make them lifelong brand evangelists. So that, you know, in the future, because they have a financial stake in your success, they'll go and like promote your product everywhere. They'll buy it for their friends. They'll like, you know, make sure they become your reps because they want you to IPO or get acquired. They want you to succeed. And so they'll do everything in their power to, to do so. Right. So Republic really sounds right. Like it's sounds like crowdsourcing, right? Just in a different way. But, you know, what makes Republic different from other platforms? Like, Kickstarter or Indiegogo that many people are familiar with? Yeah. So those are perks crowdfunding, rewards crowdfunding, which essentially says, hey, you can donate to my startup and in return, I will give you a prototype or I'll give you a mug or like, you know, a, a token of our appreciation. Whereas if you are investing through Republic, you're actually getting security instruments <laughs> that says that you all have a tiny slice, um, what's called a simple agreement for future equity. So you have a financial interest in that company. And when the company goes public or they get acquired, you'll get converted into either stock or, or you'll get a return there. And so that's something that's very different because take, for example, what happened with Oculus. Oculus did a Kickstarter 
and you know we got a lot of money from that but then facebook like two years three years later acquired them for a billion dollars and then right. what did those backers get <laughs> they only had a prototype but imagine if they had, were able to invest in that oculus then that would have been a major uh, win for all of them that's awesome so you're and I love that, right? You really hit on like, hey, we are allowing our investors. So regular people, right, who are listening to the yeah. show, me actually get a piece of the company, which is that's mm-hmm. a big deal. So, you know, if I'm a founder of an early stage startup and I'm interested in, you know, signing up to raise funding on the Republic platform, what are some key things that I need to know um, that maybe most founders aren't thinking about or you've noticed like, this is the thing that, okay, well, we need to push this more so that way people understand more when they're applying to be on the platform. Yeah, so that's a great point. We want founders to really understand what Republic has to offer. And so those that end up doing their homework and can really can really speak to why they'd be a great fit are usually those that stand out in the application process. I would also make sure that founders know what timing works best for them because as I mentioned, Republic is like longer term process, right? It takes three to four months from beginning to end. And so we want to make sure that the founders are cognizant of when works best for them. So whether it's before a private round, so like before they go to angels and VCs, maybe they want to do a Republic campaign so that they get you know, more customers, that they get more marketing, and then they can have more leverage when they're negotiating with VCs. Or maybe they want to do it during the same private round, which is what most people do. And so they they see how much they raise and then from, you know, the VCs and then they come to us to top off their round. That could be another option. So it's just making sure that, you know, the timing is, works best for the founder. Because at the end of the day, we do want to make sure that they are <laughs> taken care of and that they it's whatever works best for them because they're the ones who are leading those startups. So I'd say definitely do your homework, definitely um, figure out what timing works best. And then, yeah, you can reach out to, you know, whether it's me or others in the on the team to get a perspective of, you know, whether or not the company is a great fit or not. And make sure that your pitch deck is, is definitely on point. We get hundreds of, actually thousands of pitch decks a year. Um, and so those that, you know, are will stand out are the ones that are polished and and go straight to the facts and can really paint the picture of why the company exists and then why are you the person to to make it happen you i'm so glad you mentioned pitch decks because i was actually thinking about that i'm like i have to ask cheryl this question so you literally meet with right like thousands of founders and, and talk to them in so many different capacities and you read all these pitch decks what are you looking for in a successful pitch deck? What is a good pitch deck that, you know, stands out to you? Um, what are some, you know, pieces of advice that you have for founders who are developing their decks right now? Yeah, um, we actually just did a webinar on this, which was a great time that actually had a lot of really good content because we also just focused on the top mistakes that we see, <laughs> which, by the way, Mistakes include, you know, having it be too wordy, too long, forgetting a core product explanation. Sometimes there's just lack of transparency about traction, and we really look for that, right? We want to see 
how far along is this company? How many clusters do they have? What is their month over month growth? Those are important metrics because those are the metrics that people on the platform will be asking for. So that's another mistake that we see is the lack of transparency. Sometimes their team pages or they're like they will put just themselves but then like highlight their advisors as like part of the team when they're really not because you know advisors are advisors on like an as-needed basis and really also sometimes just design and formatting like the traction could be great but imagine if this like looks like it's coming from 1995 that just sends a wrong signal that you know (laughs) you may not be doing your your product some justice so I'd say those are the ones that come top to mind for me. And Cheryl, what type of success stories can you share about founders who have successfully raised in the past using Republic? Um, I know that you guys have had a lot of success, especially in three years to raise over $40 million for the companies in your portfolio is awesome. But, you know, I also know that six months ago, CNS Pharma, one of Republic's portfolio companies, even IPO, right? No, there are many other stories for you to share. Yeah, no, I think that one is our uh, is our first case study of companies that exit because if you really think about it, venture capital is a long term game. Venture mm-hmm. capital is one where it really you make a bet and then it's a liquid for like ten years. So like that's what VCs generally have a long term horizon on on their bets, but. So for us, we're only around for three years and to have even just CNS Pharma go public is is just a milestone for us. So that's something that I think is incredible. We've also just had a lot of um, firsts around here recently. So, you know, just even last year, we had uh, about $10 million raises, um, which is exciting because that shows the strength of our investor pool. Um, But we also just actually last week just got our first million dollar raise led by a latina ceo which i was personally very happy about (laughs) since i'm also latina and so she's you know she's also a white combinator she has a lot of experience and is in a male-dominated field of biotech and so to really have her a cop and you know and just crush a campaign so well just speaks to volumes as to hopefully how she, um, you know, continues to manage the company and, and get to, to the next level. So super excited for that. And just um, in terms of more success stories, I'd say there are a lot of companies that have done a Republic campaign early in their in their growth cycles and now have been, you know, raising from leading uh, VCs like Bullpen and, and others who are just really excited about what's come with um, with those. So it's great to have Republic come in early for these companies at the seed stage or series A and then having them now, you know, lead in next rounds. One thing that stood out, Cheryl, to me in my research about Republic was that it's diversity in the portfolio of its founders. You know, mm-hmm. percent of the founders are women, 20 percent, you know, black and Latin ex-entrepreneurs. And you just talked about a Latinx CEO, right, who is raising dollars right now and is doing amazing. Uh, they, they, they actually just raised a full million, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's phenomenal, right? And especially unheard of when we talk about specifically in the Black and Latino community. So I'm just curious to know, what is the mission of Republic? Because you guys have achieved what so many other platforms and funding resources have yet to consider. And you guys are only three years old, and you're saying that 40% of your you know, founders are women. I mean, that's a big deal. 
Exactly. Yeah, yes, it, it really is. And I'd say our mission really is to democratize access to both fundraising and investing, right? So that the, you know, everyone can invest in startups and for any founder who's, you know, has, you know, a company with strong bones and is killing it can also raise, right? And not just based off of, you know, systemic or kind of pattern matching that VCs like to say that that overlooks these types of founders. So yeah, we stay very intentional with what we do, whether it's like through outreach to different communities or whether it's through new and you know innovative ideas like how we are doing Republic Cities, which is an initiative of going to emerging tech hubs around the country and um, making sure that they understand that what our mission is and how we can support them. That was all in the process of happening, except that <laughs> this pandemic hit. So we will resume that once once things go back to normal. But yeah, it's just really staying intentional and figuring out, you know, how we can best support founders uh, on the, on their fundraising journey. So just continuing to work with amazing partners, uh, ecosystem builders, venture capitalists, accelerators that are mission aligned and, you know, moving forward. Well, Cheryl, it has been a blast having you on the show. The last thing I do want to say is how can our listeners get connected to you? And also you mentioned a email subscription list that you have for founders to learn more about information and, and get access to you. So how can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, um, well, you can definitely find me on the socials. So you can find me at, at CYCampos15 on Twitter. That's where most of us and VCs in general live. <laughs> but that being said, if you do want to learn more about these opportunities, you can email me at Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at republic.co. That is my email. You can email me any questions you might have, or uh, if you're a founder, I can definitely guide you towards, you know, the rights, the best support for you. And then I would add you as well to, to our, our subscription for founders. Perfect. Well, Cheryl, it has been a blast to have you on the show. Thank you so much for taking your time out today. And you guys make sure that you hit subscribe, follow, and we will make sure that we will post all of Cheryl's social information on our website, so where you can go at wallwaytech.com slash podcast. You guys already know that. And you guys, don't forget to make sure you hit subscribe today on the podcast. Make sure you share this with all of your friends. We're so excited to have you guys. And again, we'll talk to you next week.